All right. If you guys have your Bibles, why don't you turn with me real quick to Exodus chapter 3, starting in verse 10. I'm going to be reading out of the New International Version today. Exodus chapter 3, starting in verse 10. When you get there, say, I'm there. No one's there. Praise the Lord. Exodus chapter 3, verse 10. When you get there, say, I'm there, Pastor. I'm there. Awesome, awesome. Exodus chapter 3, starting in verse 10. We've been going through this series on the book, uh, on, the, on the life of Moses. We've been going through the book of Exodus. And just in case you don't know, Exodus means the way out or the road out. And uh, the first week we talked about how uh, there was great persecution, but in the middle of persecution, there was multiplication. We talked from Exodus chapter 1. And then we also talked about the sovereignty of God. Uh, the second week, we talked, we talked from Exodus chapter 2, and we talked about Moses' great-grandfather, whose name was Levi. We talked about the significance of that, and we talked about the faith that it took for Moses' parents to put him in an ark and to trust God uh, for the rest. Uh, week three, we talked about um, how uh, Moses was in Egypt for 40 years, and he was in Midian for 40 years, and how there's significance in both. There's significance in him being in Egypt, and there was significance in him being in Midian, and how God used those 40 years in each to mold him and to make him into the leader that he would soon become. We talked about how, in our lives, how often God uses uh, Egypt-type experiences and Midian-type experiences to mold us and to shape us and to transform us. And it's, it's interesting, when you read the book of, uh, of Exodus, it's really a foreshadowing of the things that are to come. It's just a type. It's a foreshadowing of the things that are to come. And then two weeks ago, we talked about how Moses was at the burning bush, and we talked about how he was faithful, and he was humble and humbled, how he was available, and how he was watching and listening. And we talked about how that's important for us to be faithful, and it's important for us to be humble. It's important for us to be, be available, and it's important for us to be watching, and it's important for us to be listening. But today we're going to be in Exodus chapter 3 again, starting in verse 10. It says, So now go, I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to the Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And verse 12 it says, And God said, I will be with you, and this will be a sign to you that it is I who have sent you, when you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship me on this mountain. Then in verse uh, 13, it says, Moses said to God, suppose I go to Israel, suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, what is his name? What shall I say to them? Verse 14, and God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, say to the Israelites, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever. The name you shall call me from generation to generation. God, I just thank you that we have this time to come here and worship you this morning. Oh, Lord, just have your, have your word speak to us this morning. 
Just have your spirit move this morning. God, I pray that you will um, transform our hearts. God, I pray that you will um, just cause the seed that's been planted in our, soil, in, in our hearts to grow. God, I pray that um, there will be life change this morning. There will be heart transformation this morning. God, maybe there are people here that are struggling with their calling, and they have been in doubt, or they have been waiting, or they have been stalling, and they, they, they know what they're supposed to do. God, I pray this morning that you will um, quicken them in their spirit and just move them uh, towards your God-ordained purpose for their life, God. We give you the praise. Amen. All right. So we're going to go back to verse 10. So now go, I am sending you to Pharaoh and to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I? Who am I? Can you look to your neighbor and say, Who am I? Look to your other neighbor and say, Who am I? Who am I? Jed, say, who am I? Very good. Who am I? Who am I? You know, I don't even really mind this question. I, I, I think um, he could have said a lot of other things other than who am I. He could have said, it's about time. I mean, he'd been waiting in the desert for 40 years. He could have said, it's about time. I've been waiting here for so long. It's about time. He, he could have said, do you realize how long your people have been in captivity? It's been 400 years. Do you realize how long we've been in captivity? Like, like, come on. Do, he could have said, um, do you realize how long I've been waiting in the wilderness? I'm 80 years old now. Like, like I, I'm not, I'm not a, a young spring chicken. Hopefully there's no one who's 80 in here. Maybe there are. I apologize. I'm not a young spring chicken anymore. I'm not I'm not 20 years old. I don't have the energy that I used to have. I used to be so energetic. I used to be so excited. When I like, like, he, could have said, he, he could have asked some other things. He, uh, do, do you realize how long my people have been waiting in captivity? Do you realize how long I've been waiting in the wilderness? Do you, do you know what it's like to be out here for so long? I'm on the far end of the wilderness. I'm not in the Boca Raton. I'm not in the, I don't know, I'm not in Tampa. I'm not in uh, Tucson, Arizona. I've heard Tucson is amazing. I'd like to go to Tucson. Has any ever been, anyone ever been to Tucson? I've heard it's amazing. There's this, there's this spot where you can go up this mountain and you can experience all four seasons in Arizona. So there's like up on the top of this mountain. So you can go all the way up. You can go skiing up at the top of the mountain. And then you can come down in the heat, down in Tucson, some person was telling me that the other day. I'm like, that's amazing. But listen, I've been, I've been here and I've been waiting for so long. I've been waiting on the back end of a wilderness. I haven't been waiting in Tucson. I haven't been waiting in the Boca Raton. I've been out here, out of the loop for 40 years. I haven't even really been maybe communicating with people. I've been out here tending to sheep for 40 years. Where have you been? Where have you been? I could maybe understand him asking any one of those questions. And so when I think about the question, who am I? This question actually makes a lot of sense. Makes a lot of sense. I mean, think about Moses at this time. He was 80 years old. 
He was tending sheep on the backside of a wilderness. He was just a, I wouldn't even say ordinary guy. He was a, out on the, in the back. He was just an, like, like, like not even an ordinary guy. And a guy out in the middle of the world who had a rap sheet. He was a fugitive. Who am I? And here God speaks to him and God gives him a huge task. It's a life-changing task. It's, it's, it's a life-altering life magnet like a, a huge massive task he's like who am i do you have the right guy i can't talk i can't lead i've been tending sheep my life is very unexciting who am i has anyone ever had those questions with the lord before when the lord has called you you sat down and you wonder who who am i I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm, not a, I'm not a very exciting person. Who, who, who am I that you're calling me to this? I'm from Minnesota. I live in the southeastern corner of Minnesota. My nearest neighbor is like a mile away. I have five sisters. I'm not from Texas. I'm not from Detroit. I'm from, who am I? Who am I that God would call me to do this. God, why are you choosing me? God, why are you calling me? God, why are you leading me? God, why, 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 why? Who am I? I? I can understand why Moses would ask this. I don't know if any of you are resisting God's calling on your life this morning or if any of you are tentative because of your past. Um, maybe it's the initial call And because of your past, you conclude that you're too far gone. Again, maybe some of you are resisting this, or maybe some of you are missing out um, because you just just, just feel like my life is too ordinary. I'm just too normal of a person. Maybe I'm just too unnormal of a person. And here's Moses, a shepherd with a rap sheet, a shepherd who's a fugitive, and he, he comes to God, and God has this huge task, and he says, who am I? Who am I? And I like God's response. Take a look in verse 12. It says, and God said, I will be with you. Can you look to your neighbor and say, I will be with you? No, let me change that. Look to your neighbor and say, God will be with you. I don't care if that person's with you but God will be with you. Look to your neighbor and say, that's right, God will be with you. God will be with you. I don't know, who am I? I'm no one. I'm just a crazy guy from Minnesota. I don't know, who am I? I'm just a crazy gal from Texas. I don't know, who am I? I am just a, I, I, I am just a guy who's been out in the wilderness, wandering around, f- chasing sheep, uh, and the far, who am I? God says, I will be with you. It's interesting. He doesn't really ask, answer Moses' question, does he? Moses is like, who am I? And God's like, hey, you're, you're, that's not the right, that's not like the, the right thing you should be focusing on. It, it, you know, Moses, I know that you are, a, he, he doesn't say, Moses, 
He doesn't say, Moses, you're, you're a fabulous character. He doesn't say, Moses, you're very gifted. He doesn't say, Moses, you have great hair. He doesn't say, Moses, you have an, have an amazing beard. He doesn't say, Moses, you can do it if you simply try hard enough. He doesn't say, Moses, you, you, you are the man, Moses. I just love the way that you wash your hair. He doesn't say, Moses, he doesn't say, Moses, I love the way. He says, Moses, Moses says, who am I? He says, I will be with you. God will be with you when he calls you to something. Guess what? God will be with you. The focus is not on us. The focus is not on Moses. The focus is on God. Amen? So when God calls you to something, you might look at yourself and be like, oh my goodness, I just don't know if I can do this. And the Lord is looking at you this morning and saying, you're right, you can't, but I can. The focus is not on you, but the focus is on God. The focus is not on Moses, but the focus is on God. Moses is like, who am I? God's like, don't even worry about who you are. Worry about who I am. I will be with you. God will be with you. Thank you, thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. You can say preach if you want to. Or you can say, get out of here. Okay, no, just kidding. Don't say that, don't say that. Because I will be with you. God will be with you. And can I give you some encouragement this morning? First of all, we kind of we sang about it a little bit this morning. But, but God, in his infinite power, in his, in his infinite wisdom, in his amazing creativity, in his amazing artistry, in Scripture it says that he knit you together while you were still in your mother's womb. It, 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 it says that he breathed his breath of life into your nostrils. You, you know, he has, he has given you, in fact, in Scripture it also says, every good and perfect gift comes from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights. Did you realize that God has gifted you for exactly the thing that he has called you to? You might not see it yet. In fact, we can see with Moses, he did not see yet that God had equipped, equipped him for the thing that he had called him to. But, but God has equipped you specifically, specially uh, for, the, for the calling that he has laid upon your life. And he says, listen, I, I will be with you. I've equipped you. I've given, these ta- I've given you these talents. I've given you these gifts. Every good and perfect gift comes from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights. I knit you together so that you can be, um, uh, so that you can be edification to the body of Christ. I've, I've knit you together so that you can bring glory to my name. I'm not calling you by accident, but I'm calling you on purpose. I will be with you. Some of you might look at this and say, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, okay, sure. This is great, but this is the Old Testament. The Old Testament is lame. The New Testament's great, whatever. Don't think that, because if you go over into the New Testament, you can see Jesus, he, 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 was, he was ministering to his disciples, and he's, uh, he's speaking to them, and he, he, say, he says this. He says, therefore, he says, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and surely... I will be with you even to the end of the age. Old Testament, New Testament. Old Testament, a shadow of what's going to be happening in the New Testament. The New Testament, a shadowing of what is what is available for us today. God will 
be with you. He will be with you. Who am I? Who am I? The Lord says, I will be with you. It doesn't necessarily matter who you are, but I will be with you. All I need you to do is to be obedient. I've already gifted you with the things that you need. I've already given you the things that you need. I know you better than you know yourself. I know you from the inside out. I know all your weaknesses. I know all of your strengths. I know all of your, I know all of your passions. I know all of your desires, and I will be with you. But he takes it a step farther. He doesn't just say, I will be with you. But he also, look at the second, or, or look at, look at uh, the, the second part of verse 12. He said, the Lord said, I will be with you, and this will be a sign to you that it is I that sent you. So he's like, I'll be with you, and I'm going to give you a sign. And this is the sign. He said, when you have brought the people up out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. So there's going to be a sign. I'm going to be with you, but there's going to be a sign. That word worship, it's interesting, that word worship uh, actually means you shall serve. You shall serve, you shall worship God on this mountain. Like, like, like I'm going to be with you, and this is going to be a sign to you that, that I'm going to bring you out of Egypt, and you shall serve me, you shall worship me on this mountain. You're going to worship me. What's going to happen is, after I speak to you, and after I and after you agree to this, and this is going to be actually kind of a, a rough patch, because once you agree to this, in Exodus chapter 5, you're going to go and you're going to talk to Pharaoh. He doesn't tell him this, but he, he goes and he talks to Pharaoh, and Pharaoh doesn't listen. Pharaoh says, who, who is this God that you're talking about? He said, I'm, I'm not going to listen to you. In fact, I'm going to make things more difficult for you. And he goes and he, he, he says, I'm going to make it so now that now the Israelites uh, are going to have to go and collect their own straw, and they're going to, be, they're going to have incredibly hard labor, in fact, their labor is going to be so difficult that um, the, Moses is going to complain, the people of Israel are going to complain, and even the taskmasters are going to complain. It's going to get, it's going to get worse before it gets it's better. Like, like, like so, 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 so Moses goes, and it's like, oh, my goodness. And then, then there's going to be some signs. And, then, and, 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 and so it's like this crazy journey that Moses goes on. So it's kind of like he gets excited. He, he hears from the Lord. He's like, praise the Lord. He goes and he talks to Pharaoh. Boom, he gets shot down. And then he goes back and he talks to Pharaoh again. And then they start, there's some signs that are in Egypt. And, and finally the Pharaoh breaks. Finally the Pharaoh uh, lets the people go. And the people of Israel uh, leave Egypt. And they come to the Red Sea. And it seems like they're trapped at the Red Sea. So like, it's up, it's down. It's up, it's down. Moses stands over the Red Sea and raises his arm with his staff. And the, the, the sea parts and the people go through. And, 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 and Pharaoh's army goes in. And they, they drown in the sea. And they're, they're excited again. And, and you just kind of see this up, down, up, down, up, down, up, down. But what happens is the exact place where God spoke to him originally is where they're going to come all the way back around to. He's going to go all the way back around to the spot where God had spoken to him originally. They're going to go through the ups and downs, the trials, the temptations, the complaining. They're going to go through feeling like they're going to be killed one minute. They're going to go through hardships and all sorts of crazy stuff. And they're going to come all the way back around to the spot where God had spoken to them originally. Listen, Moses, I will be with you. 
And this will be a sign to you that you're going to come back here and you are going to, I'm going to set you free, not, not, not so that you can freedom for freedom's sake, but I'm going to set you free so that when you come back here, you can look at the providence of God and you can worship me on this mountain. You're going to look back and you're going to say, oh, it's only through the hand of God. It's only through the, through the power and the majesty and the, the glory of the Lord that we were able to come back here and, and worship you on this mountain. Who am I? Who am I? Or said, I will be with you. And I'm going to take you all the way back around so that you can worship me in this place so that you can see my provision, so that you can see uh, my glory, so that you can see my power. And you will worship me on this mountain. You know, there's something about the trials of life that lead us to worship the king. There's something about experiencing bondage and then experiencing freedom that makes us worship the king, right? There, there's, there's something about experiencing God's provision, like where, where at one minute you didn't have anything, and the next minute you're able to have provision. with the, there, there, There's something about experiencing Jehovah Jireh that makes us worship the king. That's what I see here. He's like, I'm going to lead you. Like right now, you're not even going to know. You don't even know the things that are going to. You're not. You don't even know the. You don't know the. You don't know the hills and the valleys that are in front of you. But but you're going to come back here, and you're going to worship the King. You're going to worship me. And then Moses said this, and this this is kind of interesting. He says Moses said in, in verse 13. He said, Moses said Moses said to God, Suppose I go to Israel, the Israelites and say to them. The God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, what is your name? What shall I tell them? What should I tell them? What should I tell them? It's weird because doesn't it seem like God just told them, told him who he was in verse 6? Go back to verse 6 real quick. It seems like he just told them in verse 6, who he was. Can you go back to verse 6? Oh, oh, sorry. <laughs> My apologies. So verse 6, it's going to be good, trust me. We're excited. What is his name, and what should I tell them? But God just before said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. So didn't he just kind of tell him who he was? He kind of already told him who he was. So, so I, I don't know if he's asking for the sake of identification who he was. Because God already identified himself as who he was. He said, I'm the father of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I don't think he was trying to make small talk. You know, hey, what's your name? What's your sign? What's your... You know, I don't know. I don't know. It doesn't seem like he was trying to make small talk. I mean, maybe he was. I don't know. But it doesn't seem like he was trying to make small Like, God already kind of identified himself. So why is he asking for his name? I, I, I don't know. 
for me, I feel like maybe he was asking it for communication's sake. Like, like when, when you know someone's name, you can communicate with them more effectively. You know, if I just say, hey, you, over there, with the nice burgundy shirt, that isn't as personal if I say, hey, Rabia. There's something intimate to someone's name. Like, like what's your name? What's, what's his name? Who should, who should I say? Who should, who, who, who should I tell them? What should I tell? Then, then what should I tell them? What is his name? Like, give me your number. <laughs> like, I want to know who you are. If I'm going to do this, if you're calling me to this, let's stay in touch. I need to be in communication with you. I, like, I, I, like, I want to specifically know more about you. He wanted it for communication, I think, and he wanted it for revelation. In biblical times, names signified, signified a little bit more than they do now. They were often connected to that person's nature. They were connected to that person's character. You can see that when people were named. When Jacob was born, um, his name means heel grabber. And when he came out, he was holding on to someone's heel. And Esau's name meant red, and he was hairy. Like, like they, were, they were connected to people's nature, and they were connected to their character. And, and, and a name really links uh, someone to uh, the revelation of their nature. So he wanted uh, to, to have a revelation of God's nature. I want, I, want, I want to be in close communication with you, and I want revelation of your nature. What is your name? If you're calling me to this, which I feel like you are, I need to know your name. And this is what God said. He said, I am who I am. And the worship team can come up. I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent you. You realize that he did not say, it is what it is. It is what it is. You ever say that before? It is what it is. Praise the Lord. He didn't say it is what it is. He said, I am who I am. There's something personal there. There's something intimate there. I am who I am. The very first thing that he revealed through his name is that he is personal. He can see, he can hear, he can know, he can speak, he can relate to us, and we are made in his image. Furthermore, he's, this is like a standalone description. I am is the ultimate statement of self-sufficiency, self-existence, and immediate presence. God's existence is not contingent on anyone else. His plans are not contingent on anyone's circumstances. He is unchanging. He is completely sufficient. And, he, and what he wills, he will accomplish. 
I am whatever you need. You're going to be on a journey and there's going to be a huge task in front of you. I am is a continuous tense. I, not just like, 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 like I, I was, I am, and I will always be. This is kind of a foreshadowing of what's, of, of what's read in, um, uh, of, in Revelation where it says, I am the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning, the end, the first, and the last. I am. Maybe you're here this morning. And you've been sensing the call of God on your life. You've been sensing his calling. You've been sensing his leading. He's been moving you to something or to someone. Maybe he's, 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 he's equipping you to, to, to start a ministry. Or maybe he's, he's moving you to witness to a neighbor. I don't know, whatever it might be. And I just want to encourage you that it's not, about, not necessarily about who you are, but it's about who he is. about who he is. He's all-powerful. He's all-sufficient. He's full of majesty. He's full of glory. And if we're obedient, if we follow him, he will bring us to an ultimate place of worship. Why don't you guys stand up with me this morning? God, I just pray that you'll move in this place. Maybe there are people that have just been uh, waiting. There have been people that are um, just tentative to follow you. God, I pray that you will push them. I pray that you'll motivate them, that you will direct them, Father. I pray that you'll speak clearly into their ears, Father. But further than that, God, I just pray that you will give them a spirit of obedience, Father. Wherever you lead them, I just pray that they will follow. Wherever you guide them, I pray that they will just uh, follow, God. I pray that you will move in them just to will and to act according to your good purpose, God. We know that every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of heavenly lights, God. We, We know that you knit us together while we were still in our mother's womb, God. Whatever you have called us to, you have equipped us to, God. And even though it might not seem like we have much, God, in the hands of the king, we, um, we are powerful tools uh, for, for the kingdom of God, Father. I just pray right now that you'll motivate us, push us, God, and bring us to a place of worship. In your holy name, amen.